Dead Alice Valuations are delighted to welcome you to an audio recording of our article, Freddie Mercury, A World of His Own Auction, a review by Stephanie Connell. Over the last few days, auctioneer Sotheby's held what could be described as the sale of the century, the collection of the late British rock music icon, Freddie Mercury. Rarely has an auction captured the public imagination so powerfully. Sotheby's dedicated their entire New Bond Street galleries to a month-long preview of the sale, aptly titled Freddie Mercury, A World of His Own. The demand has been unprecedented. Almost 150,000 people of all ages and nationalities visited the sale room to attend the preview, often patiently queuing for over two hours. For many, the viewing appeared to be a pilgrimage to pay tribute to Freddie and his career. For others, a chance to see a blockbuster event at the intersection of art and celebrity. Freddie's influence goes far beyond the boundaries of music. He has become a cultural cornerstone, style idol, and one of the definitive figures in British music history. Freddie left his entire collection, as well as his home, the Garden Lodge, to his dear friend, Mary Austin. Mary has carefully preserved these pieces since Freddie's untimely death in 1991. Mary has described having taken the difficult decision to sell a collection this year. Due to Freddie's appreciation for Sotheby's, the company was chosen as the sale venue. Freddie famously said, as quoted in the book accompanying the sale, the one thing I would really miss if I left Britain would be Sotheby's. Those who knew him speak of Freddie continuing to visit Sotheby's until a few days prior to his tragic passing. The sale offered a genuinely unique insight into the private life of the star. The auction of over 1,400 lots was held over six separate sale days. The sessions were arranged to reflect both Freddie's public career and private collection. Freddie was an avid collector with a keen eye. The different sale days aimed to reveal this. Freddie's love of Japan, his devotion to his cats, flamboyant wardrobe, appreciation for antiques, a dedication to his craft of songwriting, as well as his success of a member of Queen, were all apparent. The work of instantly recognisable artists and manufacturers were included throughout. Cartier, Tiffany, Lalique, Fabergé, Dali, Picasso and Miro, to name but a few. Those pieces closely associated with Queen and Freddie Mercury's career as a singer-songwriter generated some of the strongest prices. Bidding was fierce during every day and across all areas of the sale, with buyers from across the globe clamouring to own a piece of Freddie's magic. Almost all of the pre-sale estimates were far exceeded and on some occasions by over a hundredfold. I will now take the opportunity to give an overview of each sale day and its highlights. Day 1. The Evening Sale The Evening Sale was a microcosm of the collection. Some 59 lots including major highlights in art, design, jewellery, lyrics, instruments and stage costume. The atmosphere was unlike that of a typical Sotheby's Evening Sale. The packed sale room with a jubilant audience seemingly there to celebrate Freddie's life. The auction started as it meant to go on. Lot 1, the door to Freddie Mercury's home, the Garden Lodge, took almost 25 minutes to sell. The green-painted door was a London landmark, the exterior entrance to Freddie's private residence. Now more like a piece of contemporary art, having been heavily graffitied by visiting fans. The reverse, in contrast, was cleanly painted in jade green. The pre-sale estimate of fifteen to 25000 was quickly surpassed. 
The hammer eventually fell at £325,000, total including buyer's premium, 412750 Several important pieces reflecting Freddie's appreciation for Art Nouveau were offered. One of the most striking was the Tiffany Studios 7 Light Lily Table Lamp. Designed circa 1910, it showcased the skill of Lewis Comfort Tiffany in producing beautiful products using relatively new technology. The piece was offered with a pre-sale estimate of eight to £12,000, the final sales price including buyer's premium being 60960 Another Art Nouveau piece of note was Lot 6, a golden jewel-mounted agate Vesta case created by Fabergé. The Vesta had been purchased by Freddie from an auction held at Sotheby's Geneva in May 1991. It was sold for a total of 95250 the estimate having been six to 8000 Freddie's appreciation for Japanese art and design is well known, and Sotheby's dedicated an entire day to this element of the collection. The key piece of Japanese art within the evening sale was a woodblock print, Sudden Shower Over Shin Ashai Bridge and Atake by Utagawa Hiroshigi. The catalogue detailed how Freddie and Mary Austin had sourced the woodblock during a visit to Japan in the 1970s. The estimate of thirty to £50,000 indicated the importance of the work. It sold for a total of £292,100, including buyer's premium. Jewellery from Freddie's personal collection generated some of the strongest bidding of the evening. The German silver snake bangle, notably worn by Freddie in the Bohemian Rhapsody music video, as well as numerous other appearances in the 1970s, was estimated at seven to £9,000. Arguably one of the most iconic lots offered in the sale, the hammer eventually fell at half a million pounds. Another piece of note was lot 32, an onyx and diamond ring by Cartier. The jewel, reputedly a gift from Elton John to his close friend Freddie, was sold within an estimate of four to six thousand. The total selling price eventually was two hundred and seventy-three thousand and fifty pounds, a hundred percent of the hammer price being donated to the Elton John AIDS Foundation. Many of Freddie's biggest fans and most passionate collectors awaited the lots closely associated with his craft as a songwriter. Lot 42 was the extremely important signed eight-page manuscript lyrics for Bohemian Rhapsody. Queen's most groundbreaking and recognisable song is now a standard of popular music. The manuscript offers a deep insight into Freddie's process in writing it. The importance of the work was indicated by the pre-sale estimate of 800,000 to 1.2 million pounds. The eventual total selling price was 1.37 million. Lot 44, Freddie's Yamaha Grand Piano, had been acquired by the star in 1975. The treasured instrument was used to compose many of Queen's most famous songs and entertain guests at his home. With an estimate of 2 to 3 million pounds, prior to the auction, Sotheby's announced it would be offered without reserve. Its eventual selling price was slightly below the low estimate, at just over 1.7 million. Lot 57 was perhaps the most recognisable of the stage costumes available. Freddie's crown and cloak worn on the Magic Tour during June to August 1986. The outfit had been featured in much of the advertising and publicity for the auction. This regalia fit for a king achieved a total selling price of £635,000 against an estimate of 60 to 80. The final evening sale total was over £12 million. Day 2 on stage. The second day of the auction concentrated on Freddie Mercury's professional career as a performer and musician. Costumes, awards including gold discs, rare vinyl and lyrics were all on offer. 
This area of the sale had been a clear draw with fans during the sale viewing. Lot 240, a military-style jacket created for Freddie and worn at his 39th birthday party in September 1985, and again worn later the same year at the finale of Fashion Aid, garnered much advanced bidding online. Against an estimate of 12 to 16,000 pounds, the final total selling price was 457,200 pounds. Gold Disc Sale Awards are always in high demand with collectors, especially when the recipient is the composer. Freddie's disc collection was a major feature of the auction viewing layout and sold well. The RIA Gold Disc presented to Freddie for sales of Bohemian Rhapsody sold for over £114,000 against an estimate of four to 6000 Lot 110 was one of the most important lots in Queen's iconography, a collection of Freddie's pen and ink designs for the band's logo. The group of drawings included the final version of the iconic insignia. The lot achieved a total of £190,500 against an estimate of eight to 12000 The total realised for the second day was over £9.4 million. Day 3. At Home The third day of the sale was comprised of over 250 lots. At Home offered the clearest indication as to Freddie's interior design style and passion as a collector. The auction resulted in a world record price for the work of artist Rudy Patterson, British-Jamaican, 1933-2013, whilst German porcelain, French glass, Chinoiserie-inspired objects and furniture, works by Erte and Ickart, all featured in number. Lot 503 was probably one of the most surprising. The 20th-century Chinese armchair, carved with a dragon motif, was estimated at an affordable £300-£500. The piece was one of Freddy's first acquisitions. It eventually sold for an astonishing £44,450. One of the most stylish musical instruments offered during the six days was Lot 524, Freddie's grand piano and matching stool by John Broadwood and Sons. The piano, in an elegant chinoiserie case, was manufactured circa 1934 and purchased by Freddie during the 1970s. Considering the price realised for the Yamaha piano sold during the evening sale, the estimate of 40 to 60,000 for the Broadwood appeared rather modest. Bidders agreed and the final sale total here was £444,500. Within the Lalique collection, Lot 571, the stunning blue Perouche vase was a high point. Designed in 1919, it sold for £34,290 against an estimate of £4,000 to £6,000. The Humboldt auction catalogue was also highly prized, Lot 665 being one such example. The collection of annotated Sotheby's, Christie's and Bonham's 1991 sales catalogues, together with invoices, sold for £12,700 against an estimate of £2,300. Several items of furniture designed by Robin Moore Ede, who worked closely with Freddie on the interior of Garden Lodge, were highly desirable. Indicative of Freddie Mercury's host, Lot 650, Freddie's D-shaped bar, sold for £120,650 against an estimate of six to 9000 Finally, for feline fans, Lot 642, a silver model of a cat by Sarah Jones, Dated 1987 had a pre-sale estimate of just 100 to 150. The lot sold for £21,590. The eventual sale total for the third day was just over £5.3 million. Day 4. In Love with Japan The fourth day focused entirely on Freddy's Japanese collection. His love affair with Japan began in 1975 and continued throughout his life. The sale of 200 lots included 37 lots of woodblock prints, 56 lots of kimonos, 
as well as decorative ceramics, silver, lacquerwork and cloisonne. Within the woodblocks, lot 1029, Shinsui's woman wearing an undersash reflected both Freddy's love of kimono and Japanese prints. The beautiful scene sold for £38,100 including buyer's premium against an estimate of 1000 to 1500 Several decorative boxes were included, part of a collection of traditional crafts that Freddy had treasured. The highest price piece here was for lot 1056, a Taisho period document box by Wajim Kensuka, selling for £76,200 against an estimate of four to 6000 Lot 1063, an Ando-style vase, was one of the most desirable pieces of cloisonne. Decorated with koi carp and produced during the Meiji Taisho period, it was estimated at 1500 to 2000 pounds, but eventually sold for over 57000 Freddie wore kimono at home and on stage, and they served as presents for friends. The leading kimono in the collection, lot 1162, had been displayed prominently in the galleries. The decorative garment was offered at 12 to 1800 pounds, but the final selling price reached over 27000 pounds. The Japanese collection final total was over 2.6 million pounds. Day 5 and 6. Crazy Little Things 1 and 2. Potentially, the most affordable lots of the sale were offered during two online auctions titled Crazy Little Things. Bidding was available for over a month, allowing interested spectators to see prices creep higher and higher. Almost 700 lots were sold during these two auctions. Several items were estimated at levels almost unheard of for a Sotheby's sale since the 1980s. However, Freddy Fever had now taken hold and bidding was not for the faint-hearted. Part 1 contained additional properties from Freddy's home. Cats featured heavily. Lot 1502 was described humorously as a motley group of feline ornaments. The clouder included 29 in total and appeared to have been amassed by Freddy over several years. They had been estimated at three to five hundred pounds, a low estimate of a little over ten pounds each. The collection sold for thirty thousand four hundred and eighty. Similarly, lot fifteen thirteen, a dish in the form of a cat, was estimated at a meagre forty to sixty pounds. Manufactured by American company Ennis Guston, the online bidding ended at £12,065, including buyer's premium. Lot 1782, Freddy's 1982 BT red plastic rotary phone may well have been a world record price. Against an estimate of £1,000 to £2,000, it achieved including buyer's premium £8,890. Freddy's decorative shower door, emblazoned with his initials, was sold as lot 1794. The striking bathroom accessory reached £12,700, including buyer's premium, against an estimate of five to £700. Part 2 focused on Freddie as a performer, with most of the lots being awards, ephemera and clothing. Again, awards relating to Bohemian Rhapsody were among the most esteemed. Lot 2039, the British BPI award for sales of over half a million copies, sold for 152400 including buyer's premium, against an estimate of three to 5,000. Freddy's aviator sunglasses had been offered with a guide of two to 3,000. However, such a recognisable piece would always be prized. The selling price here was eventually £40,040, including buyer's premium. Finally, to possibly the most talked about lot of the auction, the penultimate item in the sale 
Lot 2348, Freddie Mercury's Silver Tiffany & Co. Mustache Comb. A replica of Freddie's famous moustache had hung above the entranceway to Sotheby's London headquarters for over a month, a symbol of the star. With an estimate of just 400 to 600 pounds, the virtual hammer fell, including buyer's premium, at 152,400 pounds. The combined total for Crazy Little Things was over 10.3 million, bringing the total for the entire event, including buyer's premium, to just under 40 million pounds. Thank you for listening. You can read this article and many more at darevaluations.co.uk. Search for Dare Dallas to find us on Instagram and LinkedIn, where our team will keep you updated on market trends and our valuation service. For more details on our valuation service, please call us on 01883 722 736 or email inquiries at darevaluations.co.uk. 